You know what? It's a new episode, and I just I have to start off, and I just have to apologize for last time. Um, I, I'm Nate. You'll have to forgive me, listeners. You'll have to forgive me. I just I felt like I I didn't bring my A game. I just don't have that deep baritone that Kratos has. So I, I'm sorry. I just I I couldn't bring it last time. It it just wasn't mm. that great. Mm. I appreciate that, but uh, I'm going to, in the words of Kratos, don't be sorry, be better. I, 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 I don't know if I did any better there, buddy, but <laughs> don't be sorry, be better. Don't be sorry, be better. I like that. You That's... scrub. <laughs> don't, it's, it's kind of inspiring. It's like, don't regret the past, press on to the future. Which, uh, I mean, there's. a different way. There's there's a way a, a way in which that could probably be detrimental and not necessarily super healthy ideology or philosophy to cling to. And there's other ways that you you know I think for some people who uh, maybe overanalyze and sort of like spend entirely too much time worrying about whether they've offended somebody or anything. And I'm not saying that mm-hmm. it, it's not necessarily a bad thing to be like, hey, you know, did I hurt somebody's feelings? You, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I think yeah. there's. A certain breed of person who just spends entirely too much time in their own head, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they probably need to hear, uh, you know, don't don't be sorry, just uh, be better, just be better, just, just be, be better. better, better dude. Yeah, I mean, the Apostle Paul said, uh, you know, forgetting what lies behind and pressing on, mm-hmm. and strive forward to the goal in Christ. Man, there's a juke for you. <laughs> here we is. are episode here 74 are. starting off with a nice episode 74 show. dude like isn't that crazy man next next one's gonna be episode 75 mm-hmm. so man it has been a fortnight <laughs> yes indeed it's been it two weeks <laughs> it's been that too <laughs> you know I'll admit, I, I was going to you. refrain and, mm-hmm. and I was going to restrain myself from it, but then I saw were like because we're sort like of two like, minutes in. You sort of like <laughs> you like you like when I said that there was like a, a slight like you just let up your guard just a little bit, and I was like I was like <laughs> you're like Body I can blow. see that glimmer Ka-chow. of hope in the Ka-chow. in the darkest part of his eyeball, and no, no, there's Let's take I, that. I took I Let's took that twinkle. And I crushed on that the twinkle between my two fi- my two <laughs> mighty hands. Hey, twinkle, gone I forever. Squished it like Kratos squishes his enemies' heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does that sometimes. Sometimes I like it. <laughs> so, how has your fortnight been? You said it's been quite a fortnight. I'm I'm just like I mean, and, and we were talking a little bit before. Like I'm I'm just tired. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like just sort of. I've been like low level tired for so so stinking long at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Like I have a vacation coming up here in a couple of weeks, uh, towards the end of April. Uh, I mean, by the time by the time this airs, it'll be like a week and change. But anyways, um, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm kind of just drained, pretty ready for a break. I mean that that week that I took to to do the kitchen. Mm-hmm. you know we and we we touched on this too it's like it was good and i'm glad that the kitchen is pretty much done but like i i just feel like i've just been going and going and going and, and i'm i'm starting to feel some of that just in general like i'm pretty yeah i'm just worn out i'm mm-hmm. i'm i mean it's it's 
it's fine. You're going to have these seasons where you're just sort of like tired and wiped and stuff, but it doesn't make them any easier to sort of deal with, you know, in the moment. Yeah. So. Yep. Totally. It's funny that you mention it because that, uh, that has definitely been my experience here lately as well. Um, it's, it, yeah, it's funny just because like, you know, holidays are supposed to be happy times where you spend time with family. And that's totally what it's been. Don't get me wrong. I love it. Celebrating Easter has been fantastic. Celebrating the resurrection uh, with our church, with family. It's always a great time. And it was especially good this year for sure. Um, But my goodness, there was a lot packed into, especially the past week that has just got me like questioning things about my own life. Well, no, actually, you know what? You're... um, your introduction to the episode is actually very poignant <laughs> because uh, I have been like learning a lot about uh, my own limits and what I should and should not take on myself and uh, that I ought to get better at scheduling my time <laughs> because oh, yeah. otherwise you'll have weeks like this past week has been. And that's not even counting uh, today's events, <laughs> which was nice. I, uh, I'll just say I almost didn't make it to the recording tonight um, because <laughs> I was returning some rental equipment that um, our church had rented for uh, Easter and a loudspeaker fell on my foot. <laughs> so uh, that hurt just just quite a bit. Um but it's it's okay. It's fine. Um, it's it's not like it's weird because you can't see any bruises on my foot, which is very strange because at times it hurts, uh, and other times it goes away. Like it's been it's gone away for the past couple hours, so that's nice. But earlier this evening, I was thinking like I'm not even going to be able to sleep tonight because this hurts pretty bad. Um, so, mm. anyways, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Maybe it's the acetaminophen kicking in and. Maybe I'll just have to drug myself to sleep, which I hate. Like, I hate that concept because that means that I'm not actually going to get good sleep. Um, but regardless, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, just that today has been kind of funny. But it's it's kind of, it, it's just how it is. Like, today's Easter Monday. I was supposed to have the day off, but like, oh, I didn't think about, I had to return this equipment. Um, and, and Mondays are the days that it, us- that it has to go back to, from the place that we're we're renting it from. Um, so, okay. I had to go into work. I had to get that done. And then, you know, that happened. So that's, that's just great. Um, but basically in the past week I had, so here are the deadlines that I had this week. So not Easter, but the Sunday before I was preaching. Um, so that was great. Just plan on, on, you know, adding to your workload the week before Easter. That's perfect idea. You should always do that. Um, so there was that. I had a, a side project, an audiobook that I was editing that was due on the 31st. So that fell on the week, uh, on Easter week as well. Uh, I did not realize that that was the deadline for it. Um, I had two papers due with school due this past week. Uh, we had a Good Friday service that I was asked to give like a 10 minute just kind of like overview of the gospel, which which is fine. You know, it sounds like on paper, 10 minutes sounds fine. But it takes a couple hours of preparation to, to distill everything down in 10 minutes and then to find help to to be able to to run everything, you know, to do my job while I'm doing something else. Um, and then also our, our Easter service mm-hmm. on Sunday, and that has some extra audio visual elements because it's Easter. 
And then, of course, celebrating with uh, family, with my side of the family, with my wife's side of the family over the weekend as well, which is great. Don't get me wrong. Like, those are really fun. But just looking at the week, it's like, how am I going to get all this done? Because <laughs> I'm not going to take school with me to my parents' house while we celebrate Easter. Like, that's dumb. I'm not going to do that. Um, so it's it's just, it's been a crazy week where I have had to regiment my time like crazy in order to get everything that I needed to done which I've been fairly successful at, but it's just been teaching me like I need to get back. Like, this is my fault. I'm not, I'm not blaming anyone else for putting anything on me. Like, no, I accepted that, you know, side project to edit the audiobook. I'm the one who's, who put myself in school. I'm the one who accepted, you know, preaching. Uh, it, it, it falls on me and I need to be the one to actually look at these things and say, you know what, this is not healthy for me to try and do all these things or to have all these deadlines fall in the same week. So um, as we'll see as we get into the backlog reports, I don't have much to say because I uh, haven't been playing very many video games. I'll just say that now. I mean, you know, it's okay to just, you know, to have seasons where you're busy with other things. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, part of the the sort of the idea of playing well is putting things in the proper sort of perspective and light and place and you know it's like uh, if they have to take a back seat right now that's uh that's fine that's okay that's good mm-hmm. um it's it's just a it's just a it makes me sad when it's like yes this has to take a back seat because I am bad at managing my time <laughs> like, this is totally well, on me <laughs> I mean it's not quite as like I did not have quite that level of busyness or failure to manage time. But I did mention to you that, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I had a, a haircut last week scheduled and I mm-hmm. totally flaked out on it. Totally. And it's like, man, it's like, I really just need to learn how to use, like really use like the calendar app on my phone yep. and start like just holding to it. And I just, yep. uh, yeah. so I'm not an iPhone user. I'm an Android user. And that's actually one of the things that I have uh, gotten better about. I completely like redid my home screens so that I have one of my screens that's dedicated to my calendar and my to-do list for the day. So I have like, I have three different to-do list apps. And I know that sounds crazy, but one of them is called priorities. And it's just like, what are the three main things that you want to get done today? So I have that one. Then I have a to-do list app of just like the detail things that need to get done for the day. And then I have another to-do list app for things that like I need to get to eventually kind of a thing. So things around the house or like my car needs a a brake job. Uh, I can't do that. (laughs) Like I obviously could not do that over this past week, but like throw that on the list so that when I'm actually able to have time, I'm going to do that kind of a thing. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm moving towards that. I'm moving towards more organization in my life. Um, I'm just not there yet. I think it's a story in my life, right? Just always yeah. in process. <laughs> I mean, dude, like I, I props to, to you for taking the initiative to take care of your own breaks, man. Uh, Cause I'll tell you what, like I know how to work on my car and I don't, I, I will not. Okay. I'm like, okay. My dad sort of instilled a a fairly functional knowledge of like mechanics. Like, there's a lot of stuff where I I can do it. I have zero desire to work on, like, like the thing that the working on cars, and it doesn't matter where it is. 
I always manage to just like smash up my hands. Oh, get they get super dirty and yeah, like you know I've got blood and grease and mm-hmm. I'm just like that's you a know great what? feeling. It's like <laughs> it's super good, and I just always walk away from it saying, you know what, I I really don't like working on these, so I'm not going to anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I I too need to learn how to utilize my calendar. Mm-hmm. That is neither here nor there, but uh. You mentioned that you don't have much to talk about on your backlog report, so mm-hmm. why don't we just hop into those and uh, let's do it? I think I think I've got I've got mine here. It's just it's it's like not even a page. Dude, I, I was I was going a little a little more inconspicuous this time because yeah, I don't have much to report on. <laughs> well, I mean, do you want to go first since you don't have a whole lot? Or yeah, do you- sure. I can jump okay, in. Okay. Um, so I finished Moonlighter. There's that. That mm-hmm. little indie game. Uh, and that was actually while I was editing the audiobook, I was able to kind of multitask a little bit as I was kind of listening through. And um, that was, it was a very fun game. It was definitely, like it, it had its hooks in me uh, to the point where actually two weeks ago, not this past week, uh, I had to have a conversation with Samantha because she was like, feel like you're i feel like i'm the only parent when you play that game i was like okay duly noted i need to stop doing this (laughs) wait till the kids are down before i i start um so it uh yeah i like the loop i i'm not sure that i have much more to say about it because um it's i mean it's it's fairly long for what it is um but it is kind of just the same thing over and over again you dive into the dungeon get the loot go back and sell it in your shop, you know, set the right prices and and see if you can make some more money and then use that money to upgrade your gear and then go back into the dungeon. Like it it is just a very solid loop and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it even if it's not like the most well-made game in the world. So, it's not one that I would give like really high marks to necessarily because I don't feel like it's it's not like, oh, you absolutely have to play this game. But no, for what it is, it was really, it was really fun. And, uh, you know, if, if that's what you're looking for, you're going to really enjoy it. I and like, I'm trying to explain it. I enjoyed it more than I actually think the game is, you know, like best in class kind of a thing, which makes me think that like, as soon as I start playing Hades, like I am going to fall head over heels for that <laughs> your brain gonna explode but, <laughs> right exactly when i really get to one of the games um but no it was a good time the there was some really weird stuff at the end of the game the story goes completely bonkers off the rails um but it is kind of funny because i felt like even the last boss or last couple bosses were kind of easy like getting to them was difficult um, but then it was kind of all downhill. I think the last like two or three bosses I beat on the first try, which was not the case getting up to them. So, mm. um, anyways, the, yeah, it's a good time. I would recommend it. Um, although it's, it's kind of like a light recommendation. If you think you're going to like that type of game, then go for it. But it's not like, oh, you absolutely must play this game. Um, and then because I didn't want to jump into anything huge, um, because I only, I've only played in like tiny Huge. little spurts. Yeah. Um, I've played maybe an hour of Yoku's Island Express. Mm. So, 
Um, and that's it's, now I'm super early into the game, so it might get better. But I do feel like the pinball mechanics in the game so far have no consequence, if that makes sense. Like it puts you into these little pinball arenas, but if you lose it, okay, cool, it'll just start right over again. It's like, oh, oh okay, okay, yeah. Cool. I mean, I really like Yoku's um, sweet. I think it's it's one of those games. Actually, I wouldn't mind going back and sort of like making a run at some more of the trophies and stuff. Okay. Because it's just such an interesting concept to me because it, mm -hmm. like, yeah. especially as you unlock some of the extra abilities and stuff like that, it becomes like, nice. it, it, you can sort of see some Metroidvania type okay. elements where, and it's just, it's so weird. Mm -hmm. and I like it. Yes, um, you're right. It is a very unique game. Yeah, no, that's true. And it's just like uh yeah, so I I don't know. There's nothing quite like quite like it. And that's yeah. and I mean we we've, we've talked about it before. It's like a lot of times if like m part of the reason I like near Automata the way that I do is like it's mm -hmm. just so weird that it's kind of like stuck in my crawl. It's not that yeah. I probably feel similarly about near the way that you feel about moonlighter where i'm like okay. yeah this is like a good game but i'm enjoying it way more than it's actually like it's technical prowess should mm -hmm. like sort of indicate or determine so yeah yeah i, f I feel you on that moonlighter is another one that i'm kind of like i've been sort of i'm like hemming and hawing i have it and i just need to put mm -hmm. the trigger on it and just play it but yeah yeah i don't know how much hades would ruin you for that experience i mean like well, not that they're the, if the same loop thing is good at all. if it the just, loop is good the loop is good man yeah like uh, i will say about moonlighter i have never played uh act razor on super nintendo but i've heard like the the great thing about that is it goes between these two different styles of game you know like it's a 2d platformer and then uh, it's the the world building sim and i feel like that's what it is with moonlighter too is like you get this tiny dose of, you know, 10 minutes in a dungeon, try and make it. Or if you die, then, you know, you might say a bad word and try again so that you can get some more loot. Um, but then you go back into town and it's a totally different style of play where you're trying to set the right prices for the di these different things and managing these little metrics. And then, you know, at the end of the day, you make a ton of money and it's like, yes, I can, you know, upgrade my gear. Um, so I think that helps a lot because both of those things are so short it makes you want to keep playing for a long time. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's almost um, counterintuitive because it's like, oh yeah, I can spend another 10 minutes playing this. Oh yeah, I can do another 10 minutes. Oh, but I'm so close to that. I can do another 10 and then two, two hours later, it's just like, holy shnikes. Those are the I kind of games that are really becoming pretty dangerous for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because it is, <laughs> well, it's like fair in warning. theory, <laughs> in theory, it's like, oh, you can sit down and play like 20, 30 minutes and just walk away. Yeah. The the reality is In like practice. I played 20 30 minutes and I kind of like uh I don't walk away. Yeah. Like the 20 30 minutes turns into 2 or 3 hours. So yep. yeah. I, I think can... the last time I experienced that hardcore was with Hollow Knight. Um and yeah. that also required a uh conversation with my wife as well. So that's fun. Um putting you back on the straight and narrow. Right, exactly. Yeah, reminding me of like uh, you know this isn't such a good idea right now um so those that's that's all that i've been able to play uh still haven't touched near automata i need to i'm you can hold me to it i want to have that game done by the next time we get together 
Um, if not done, at least close to the ending. Because um, hopefully I'll be able to put some more time into it yeah. over the next fortnight. Um, in terms of reading, the only uh, one that I want to highlight right now is actually a recommendation by my wife. She'd read it a month or two back and recommended it for me. And just because it all kind of culminates, it's this book called Boundaries. Um, I, don't, I don't remember who wrote it. It's like two doctors, uh, two psychologists. And it is, uh, it's from a Christian perspective, although I would say that they're really good at taking scripture out of its context. Um, so Uh-oh. there's Uh-oh. that. Um, but, and, and my wife recognized that as well. Uh, n- not a knock against her at all, but it is, it is kind of just like, oh, it's kind of a spurious connection when you throw out, because it's littered with scripture. It's just like, uh, I'm not sure that that exactly applies here. You know, it's, it's like one of these, like we, we have this, about. this soundbite here that we, we like, mm-hmm. we like this particular phrasing. Oh, I'm, I'm just started to drool. <laughs> that was awesome. This is what you're yeah. for. Yeah, that's a weird. Uh, I got so excited, I just started drooling. Um, <laughs> like the, the the prospect of like, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Well, that's yeah. that sort of that evangelical sort of minded. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just gonna say, like, I I don't mean this disrespectfully, but I mm-hmm. I think there tends to be a fairly low view of scripture, and mm-hmm. I I look at broader evangelicalism, and it's like they are very comfortable with picking and chooses ver- choosing verses that sort of tell them, like give them that little fortune cookie experience that they're, they're, they're looking for versus sort of looking at the broader strokes and allowing some of that stuff to trickle down and actually inform the more, the, the, the more detailed sections. Like, so, you yeah. know, it's like, um, yep. and there's a, that passage I don't know. They, it's like one of those things that it, it, I saw it show up. Uh, it was a uh, on like a bi- motivational Bible verse a day, sort of like calendars. And it's like if you will mm-hmm. but bow down and worship me, I will give you all of these things. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is like on paper, really nice quote. Like and it's mm-hmm. like you know, and if you're thinking about like God's looking at you and saying like, hey, you know, put put things right, and I'm gonna take care of you, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Turns out, no, that's Satan in the wilderness <laughs> tempting Jesus. And the like, ooh, that's a, <laughs> ooh, 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 don't use that one. Yeah. Uh, yep. so. Yeah. 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 Yes, it does. It does that thing all over. And even when I was talking with Samantha about it, I was like, I wish they would just like not even go there. Like, like it's okay for this just to be nuggets of wisdom on its own mm-hmm. without like having to tie a scriptural, uh, you know, to say that, oh, the scripture backs this up here. Do you know what I mean? Like there's some things that you can just, oh yeah, that's, that's, there's some things that you, that are proverbial that you don't have to say, well, oh, the Bible teaches this. Like, no. Well, it's, like, and you can even, useful. I, I, I bet if like, you know, you're doing it right, you can actually spend time in proverbs mm-hmm. and find right. passages that would probably support your thesis yeah i mean if if it's wisdom it's wisdom and yeah proverbs has great big old chunks of that a lot great of it big old gobs of it like 31 chapters worth you know <laughs> of, of it yes so. yeah exactly but that that being said, I do it. It has been good for me to read. Um, so it's called boundaries. It's all about like basically 
knowing yeah knowing your limits and like actually holding to them um whether it's with other people you know in different situations whether it's with family whether it's with even your kids your spouse and even the way that you uh think about yourself too um so it's it's been helpful so if the way that it's played into my previous week is just like, yeah, I really need to get better about setting these yeah. these types of things um, so that I'm not like inundated with absolute. So because the other thing, you know, like I've talked about, oh, I had all these things that I had to get done over the past week is like that directly affects my wife as well. You know, I'm not home as much. She has to pick up my slack at home. Uh, yeah. you know, she, with the kids and stuff like that. So, so like, and she is awesome and she has not like hardly complained about not even, I would not even actually use the word complain, but you know, like she has made mention of just like, yeah, I, I you know, I, I wish that this wasn't the case or like, this will be over soon kind of a thing. Um, but it's just, anyways, she has been very gracious to pick up my slack, but it's just like, I need to. You know, like your opening, I need to do better. I need to set these boundaries on my time better, um, not just for my sake, but also for the sake of my family too. Um, and for don't the be sake sorry, of my... be better. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, and that's all that comes to mind. I did actually after our Good Friday service. I came home. Samantha went to bed early. She wasn't feeling very well, and so I had you know it was like nine thirty, so it was super early. I'm like, I don't want to go to bed just yet, but I also don't want to do anything. Like, I'm so wiped out. So I turned on OG Ultraman and watched a couple of episodes of that before I fell asleep. So that was nice. Uh, but that's all I have to report on. I'm done. I'm you get done. the you get the wiggly thumbs up there. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was fun. It's like a cross between, like, original Star Trek and, like, Adam West Batman. Because there's a little bit of that like tongue in cheek kind of real hokey humor also mixed in with like this sci fi premise. Anyways, it's fun. I'm sure that, you know, our buddy Wes will appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I've enjoyed uh, some of the, the OG Ultraman episodes that I've watched. Uh, there is a certain charm, a certain kitschiness yeah. Uh, yeah. that I appreciate there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as far as mine goes, what about you? Uh, it's been a pretty light couple of weeks for me as well. I have played some more near Automata, and, and I'm making some headway there. It's uh, it's getting pretty weird, uh, enjoyable but pretty weird. Uh, <laughs> also, did I reinstalled uh, God of War 2018, and I was playing that for a little bit because I was like, oh, maybe I'll throw some time at that. I got a, a few hours into it and I was like, I really don't. Cause I thought I might just try and play up to the point where we're at. And I was like, or where we're yeah. going to be talking about. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So instead I just ended up, I, I played for a few hours. I was like, oh, this is pretty good, but I'm probably just going to pull it right back off my hard drive. Mm-hmm. Just cause yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm not, it, it plays remarkably well. And there's like a whole bunch of stuff there where there's like all these like the rune system and how all of that works and that stuff. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I forgot all about that. Just like the, some of the, the, the more RPG sort of elements. Um, I was like, Oh, those are pretty good. Uh, but then I also 
sat down recently and I had picked this up originally for my wife because I thought it might be a game that she would be interested in. A couple of years ago, I picked it up. It's called A Short Hike. Um, okay. It's yeah. on, we, I played it on Switch. And like, it's dude, like you, you can sit down and beat it. Like I probably beat it in two hours. Like, okay. like hit the like roll credits sort of part of the game, but it's fun. It's just like a cool little, like chill, like exploring kind of game. Uh, I really strongly, I pretty strongly recommend it because it's just hmm. like, it's got some like gamey elements and stuff. And there's definitely some, like, there's a couple parts where I'm like, eh, I'm not super sold on it. Um, just like there's a race, I, there's a couple, well, there's a couple different races, but at one point in time, another character wants to race you the actual track or like map or like to, to, you have to know the Island fairly well in order to mm. be able to do this race. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff where it's like, ah, I don't know if, and, and of course it, it, it could just be one of those things where like that content's not specifically meant for a guy like me. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, as far as books go, I finished Warbreaker. Uh, it's it's good. It's fine. It's like it, it. It's Sanderson is very good at what he does, but I'm also sort of like he's got like a few tricks that he sort of like pulls out and flips around and stuff. And I'm like, ah, I see what you did there. Like, but it's not like I'm not nearly as impressed with like the cleverness like the eighth time around. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, how, no, how this... many wars did they break in the book? Uh, one. Okay, they broke cool. a war. Nice. By breaking it, they they made sure that it didn't happen. Okay. Um, which, yeah, it's just like it's 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 a it's a satisfying sort of little romp, but I don't know if I'd give it much more than that. Uh, I did sort of like so I've been on on a bit of a comic book kit kick lately and uh, mm. there's that Amazon Prime series Invincible that had sort of come mm-hmm. up and I watched a few episodes I was like oh this is a pretty interesting concept and so then I started like doing some wiki digging and the more I read about it I was like, I was like oh I really actually kind of really like this concept so I just okay, I, I got the first uh, volume one of the compendium and I read through that in a couple of nights and I was like, yeah, I really like this. So I got volume two of the compendium. <laughs> and then uh, I was like getting through and I was like, you know, what? I just, I need to know how this thing ends. So I got volume three of the compendium and I read through As the entire, do. I read through the entire run of Invincible. Like I, there are some adult themes, but it's okay. actually, I have to be honest, like in a lot of ways it's handled pretty well. And of course there's some like sort of like, there's definitely some agenda stuff like thrown in, but overall it's a really interesting book, really interesting premise. And it's, it it's fun to sort of see how the, the guys who wrote this really played with a lot of like established comic book tropes. It's, it's a very interesting book, but it's also very much like don't go in this expecting like standard comic book fair. Okay. Like nice. the title character is literally invincible and he can fly and he's super strong. And so there are times where like, just it can, it can be a little grim. So, okay. But it's, it's very good. I like it. Um, and if nice. you don't, well then obviously my tastes are subjective. They're mine. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, and then I listened to that Audible podcast on, uh, or on on Bourbon, the history of Bourbon, or whatever. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Uh, one other thing I started doing within the last few days is Ligonier Ministries has, um, and, and you know, if you're not a Presbyterian, it's probably not going to be as useful or whatever. But the <laughs> Westminster Shorter Catechism, mm-hmm. where um, they read through a question of the, the the Shorter Catechism, and then they read the answer. Say, so read the question, read the answer, and then that's it. That's all there is for the day. So, but okay, and it just keeps cycling through that material. So it's I've been listening to that. It's I think that's pretty cool. So that's yeah, it. yeah, dude. That's a nice little little devo. That's so, cool. Yeah, it's just like, and I mean, it's like three four minutes tops. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so that's 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 pretty much it for my backlog report. I haven't okay done too much as well. So nice, nice. Well, I gotta go um, get a coke. <laughs> I gotta go get some coke. <laughs> All right then, uh, let's listen to our friends and their podcast for just a bit, and then we will be back with coke flowing through our veins. So much coke in my veins. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me, may I have a moment of your time to talk about the wonder and beauty of tokusatsu? See, tokusatsu is a Japanese word for special effects and usually refers to the super fun TV shows you watched as a kid with those heroes wearing spandex and those giant rubber monsters and cool explosions and awesome transformations. <sighs> so cool. I happen to be a big fan of it and run a podcast about the entire genre. So if you could just, like, I don't know, subscribe and, and take a listen to my episodes, I greatly appreciate it. It's called the Henshin Dad Podcast, and it's it's kind of awesome, <laughs> or at least my, my mom thinks so, but she still hasn't reviewed it on iTunes yet, no. But anyway, thanks for your time. Just just check it out, the Henshin Dad Podcast. It's on Anchor, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, okay, okay, bye! And we're back. I do that Hello. like every time. And it's just, I mean, like the, it's been two weeks. It just never <laughs> gets old, Josh. Never Hi, gets old. everybody. I have, I have gone and I've gotten a can of Coke Zero and mm-hmm. I am uh, working on, I, I was getting sleepy there, folks. Like I had, I had a whiskey earlier and uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's doing some work on me. <laughs> it was doing some work on me. Yep, I'm 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 polishing off my peated Irish whiskey. A your, little bit of that. Your you know. bog water. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. It's mm. it's helping the foot, man. So whatever helps the foot. I I can Good. see it. It's it's taking <laughs> it's it's working on Josh. You guys, I oh. mean, if you're if you're a patron, you can sort of see it. We're probably both like a little bleary and kind of. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but man, great radio, great just. Just the best. Um, <laughs> anyways, so we're we're here. This is uh, part two of our God of War coverage, and mm-hmm. on, in this one, we're we're going to be sort of digging into some more of the the narrative chops. So, listener, beware before you go any further here. If you have not played this game and you want to to remain spoiler free, stop listening mm-hmm. because from sort of like this moment on out. Uh, spoilers will abound yes uh, yeah and and it's not huh sorry i'm trying to think can you enjoy this game without the story like can you enjoy it even 
divorced from that. Yes, it has solid mechanics, so you can. It's a pretty enjoyable gameplay loop. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah, I think you're robbing yourself of a big part of the game because it is very narrative heavy. I can't remember. You can't skip cutscenes in this, can you? Mm-mm. I doubt that you can just because of the whole like one camera angle thing. Um so like you're going to be taken through it anyway. Uh, so anyways, all that to say is you should play it first, especially yeah, with the with the rumors of it coming to PC too, it should be much more available if not already. Like, yeah, yeah, you should. And, and it's cheap too. Yeah. One of these days, Sony might just give it away because that's what well, it seems like they're doing. And I, and I think too, sort of in touching on that, just the narrative merits, like, listen, this is a game that is better. All of its parts are so much greater than the individual. Like the sum of it is so much greater than the individual pieces. The music is good. The music is very good. the The gameplay loop is very good. the 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 graphical sort of presentation very good. The mm-hmm. story is good. Like these things are good in and of themselves, and. But because they're sort of mixed together so well, and the the way that all this stuff is sort of like it is it it goes from being just very good into borderline great sort mm-hmm. of like the the thing about this is this is not a perfect game. No, yeah. uh, it's not Shadow of the Colossus, um, but <laughs> it's uh it's it is an excellent game. It is it is probably I think it it's a bit of a high water mark in sort of like. The fact that in a lot of ways, I would just, I, I really think that by not playing the game, you are robbing yourself of like the the best possible way to enjoy this. Uh, but so let's, let's talk about God of War and just mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, I, I, I figure for, for the formula here, as, as, as far as this goes, I thought I might just sort of like try to run us through some of the story beats Sweet. And then if you wanted to stop or if I wanted to stop on something and sort of emphasize it, you know, we could take like a couple minutes to talk about it and uh, we'll just sort of see where tonight takes us. So um, let's talk about the opening. Okay. The, the game opens up and uh, it shows, uh, you know, there's this like glowing or yellow handprint on a tree and it sort of zooms out and, and I have to be, it, it sort of pans out rather. And I have to be perfectly honest. I love the way that they handled the tutorial in this. That first yeah. like ten minutes, where it's like mm-hmm. it is Kratos, and you know we we sort of see him in his now Viking esque glory. You know he's got mm-hmm. that big manly beard. He's uh he's still got his very distinctive markings and everything else, but he's got mm-hmm. that big burly Viking beard, and he he looks a little sort of worse for wear. Um, but he's chopping down a tree. And, yep. uh, and it's just like, they, they use the next, like I said, five to 10 minutes to sort of just run you through all the controls. And again, in keeping mm-hmm. with that sort of the one shot of the entire thing, it just, it sort of like gives you all the basic mechanics and it just sort of walks you through, you chop down a tree and then you take, you take it over the river where we're introduced to Atreus, who is, you know, uh, Kratos's son. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they pop the boat, they pop the log into the water, they tie it to the boat, and down the river they go. Yep. And uh, 
And Atreus starts talking, starts asking questions, like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And I think even like the nature of those questions, and, and again, I don't have the specifics, but it just like that, just that shows, demonstrates, stresses the fact that like Kratos and Atreus have already just like, it's not a great relationship. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. You can tell. I mean, like, yeah, I'd be hard pressed to call it strained, but it does. It definitely shows. Um, Kratos is the more the word that pops into my mind is stoic, but only in the modern sense, not in a philosophical sense. He just has this way about him where he doesn't say very much. He's very much to the point uh, and doesn't really want to carry on conversation. Whereas Atreus is like the opposite. <laughs> and he's just like, well, what about this? Like, what's going on here and whatever? And he's just like, just focus on what we're doing. Stop like dilly dallying and like let's just yeah let's just do this kind of a thing but in a way that um i mean the game kind of bears this out but i i do think you get this almost from the beginning in a way where like he is trying to protect but the both of them in in their own way you mm-hmm. know we talked about last episode about how like the world of the vikings was a very harsh and brutal place and so you get this sense that like yeah he he recognizes that there's danger all around him and so he is trying to pay attention to that like keep his senses open for those things at the expense of like building a strong relationship with his son <laughs> uh you know he 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 just seems like it, well yeah he seems like he's annoyed by atreus almost immediately just because because he's a kid and he's learning about the world and like Kratos doesn't want to take the time to teach him about it. Um, well, and he's he's also a kid who is mourning the loss of his mother because yeah. this game basically yeah. opens up with uh within the first 10 minutes we find out that uh Kratos's wife uh Faye, I don't know if he actually uses her name right away or not but mm-hmm. it, it does show up fairly early on in the game so but uh she is passed and mm-hmm. part of like so kratos going out and getting the tree is that they're they're preparing a funeral pyre for Faye's yep. body and uh she's sort of issued their her desires for kratos and atreus to take her ashes um to the highest to this this peak the the mm-hmm. highest mountain in all the realm and and spread her ashes from there and so and that's really and that's the entire story is basically them trying to go um spread phase ashes mm-hmm. and sort of all of the things that sort of everything that happens to them sort of is an outworking of them trying to sort of fulfill her last request which yep. I I think is is kind of like I have to be honest is kind of ingenious because in a in a way, it's sort of narratively I think it it, it sets a, it it gives you a finish line, you know, right up mm-hmm. front, and it's like this is it, this is all you're going to be doing. There's not some weird shifting narrative. It's like the the reality is like this mountain is your goal, and like there are things that sort of come out of that and things that are revealed throughout the 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 game. But it's like it's at, at its core, like it's that that singular mission is very, I think, 
I like that. And I'm not saying that that's completely original to this game or anything like that, but it just, there, there's something that I like about sort of like, that's a bit of a master stroke in my opinion. Yes. In that the end of the game is you actually accomplishing that spoiler. Um, you know, what you set out to do in the very beginning of the game is exactly what ends up happening at the end of the game. Yes. But I will say, um, the issue that I take with that is that halfway through the game, there's a fake out. And so I felt like I couldn't trust that. Oh yeah. Okay. Well actually what you're really supposed to do is this. And I, I felt like I couldn't trust it. Cause it's like, Oh, well I already did what you, what is, this had been building up to and that didn't do anything. So like I, I couldn't tell now well, it does like it vindicates it in the very, again, spoiler. Um, it vindicates it in the end. Like, there's a reason why. Uh, not that not that there was a reason for the fake out, but just there's a reason why she was very particular. Um, but we will get to that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. the The issue that I take with it is the same thing that lots of people complain about the Return of the King and the Lord of the Rings movies is like it feels like the movie ends an hour before it actually ends. That's somewhat how I felt as well. Is like, oh About yeah, the I finally ending. got to this part. Well, the ending. There's some crazy stuff that happens at the end of the game, but like because there's this fake out part, it feels like you're nearing the end of the game, and it's like, oh no no no, you're you know halfway done or whatever. Yeah, and it's so kind of like fooled you. Right, it's difficult on the pacing. Because at that point, it's like, oh, I thought this was ending. Okay. It makes the game feel longer. Yeah. You know, yeah. That no. ending in Lord of the Rings feels super long because you thought it was already going to end kind of thing. But yeah, no, I can, I can sort of, I can see some of that. But uh, so anyways, uh, just sort of continuing on with some <laughs> of the narrative here. Basically, uh, th- there's a, a, a moment where Atreus goes to, there's a knife that on Faye's body and he mm-hmm. reaches out and grabs a knife, burns himself. And this knife sort of becomes an important little piece for Kratos and Atreus to sort of, it, it's, it's one of those like props that sort of shows up every once in a while. And it becomes like a, you know, um, not too, not too short a time. It'll actually sort of pop back up, but uh, yeah, you know, Atreus goes back into the cabin uh, you know, after his his hand has sort of been taken care of, and uh, the stranger appears, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the Portland hipster, the Portland hipster, all tatted <laughs> up like some neo pagan Viking, um, which is oddly, you know, makes sense. Uh, <laughs> but they 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 actually go back into the cabin, and they're sort of sitting there, and all of a sudden, banging on the door. It's like. And as uh, Kratos goes out, and this is like the first sort of real combat in the game, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. There's there's some prior to this, but this is like, and you fight this guy, and you fight this guy, and you fight this guy, and it's like every time you beat him, he just sort of heals and comes back, and and um, and he's just sort of like he's pressing Kratos, and it's like just tell me what I want to know, just and Kratos. Like one, you know, Kratos just being the character that he is is probably wouldn't pro- even if he knew what this guy was after, would probably not be a, feel very obliged to give it to him just because right. Kratos is, you know. But it's like 
there is like kind of a point where it's like he's he's saying like just tell me what i want to know tell me what i want to know and like kratos is like what do you want to know <laughs> and it's like you know what i want to know it's like well it would help if you could sort of elucidate no like you know actually sort of vocalize your actual request and say something like, well you know what i want um but th- this fight sort of rages and it ends up on sort of like kratos does eventually sort of defeat the stranger by throwing him down like sort of a chasm and like but that's you know at that point in time it's like well we have to leave we have to leave and you know and he takes atreus out well and part of it and i guess i sort of got a little bit of head but the, the after so the the whole point of this is like they're supposed to take phase ashes to this mountain and so yeah. you go out and there's a little bit of a tutorial there narratively where uh atreus uh, is is being tested by kratos and actually I, a bit of like one of my favorite lines and it's just like it just kind of goes to sort of demonstrate like what kind of a dink um kratos can be at times mm-hmm. he's like um you know he's like he looks at a trace he's like like okay go hunt and like like go home on go hunt deer or something like that and and Atreus is like, in what direction? And, and Kratos looks at him and says, in the direction of deer. <laughs> like, <laughs> like basically saying like, hey kid, it's time for you to start figuring this out. Um, and sort of like taking some ownership. So mm-hmm. anyways, after that, they come back to the cabin. They're sort of, they're sort of rested up because Kratos is like, you're, you're not ready yet. You know, we'll, we'll go later, but you're just not, you're not ready yet. And that's when the stranger attacks and sort of prompts that. And, and then they, they have to, you know, like I said, Kratos throws him off a cliff, presumably killing him. But we'd already seen that this dude sort of like, you know, manages to survive. Like, I mean, Kratos just multiple times just like thrashes this dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have to leave. And as they're sort of leaving their woods and they're sort of going through some old ruins, um, you know, they, they're encountering enemies and there's even commentary where Trace is saying, like, uh, these these enemies weren't here before. You know, and it's like I've never mm-hmm. seen one of these, and they've never made it this far into the woods, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They they finally get to a point where they meet one of the first of of several, I'm gonna say side characters, but they meet Brock, mm-hmm. um, who, you know, tells uh Kratos, like, hey, I, I made that axe. Well, me and my brother, we made that axe that belonged to Faye and you know, and, and some other stuff. And that introduces the upgrade mechanic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, yeah, there's, a there's, you know, some stuff here. There's not a lot sort of narratively going on too much at this point, but, uh, they, they, they sort of, you, you get some upgrades for the ax you sort of, it fleshes out some more of the mechanics and, uh, you know, and again, they're sort of like, well, we have to keep going because, like, at this point in time, uh, they know that somebody is after them, you know, or somebody right. knows where they are. And, and, uh, so Kratos says, well, you know what? N- more hunting practice. Cause, like, his whole thing is like, he needs to, for him in his mind, he's like, I need to prepare my son mm-hmm. to deal with the harsh realities of this world or whatever. 
it's like, well, let's go hunt. You know, we, we need to hunt something to sort of like, you know, hone your skills. And uh, they find some boar tracks and they go and they hunt this boar. And uh, eventually there's some mishaps and stuff, but Atreus gets it. He shoots the boar. And um, turns out, but this isn't just any boar. This is a special magic <laughs> Viking boar uh, who is friends with the Witch of the Woods. Um, but she's not terribly witchy. Um, she's <laughs> kind of, it's more of like a wizardess kind of vibe. <laughs> At least, you know, she doesn't seem to be terribly unkind. But, you know, <laughs> and, and, but she sort of knows, like, and, and it, she reveals that um, we find out that Atreus doesn't know who his dad is. And this, this, this witch of the woods who, you know, and again, this is just sort of spoiler moments here, folks. It turns out to be Freya, um, yeah, you know, but big but reveal, big reveal. Um, but, and she looks at, she's like, she's like, I know who you are. You know, she looks at Kratos and kind of says like, I know who you are. She's like, have you told him who you are? And, mm -hmm. and he's sort of like, no, I haven't as that's my business. And you, you won't tell him and all this other stuff. So w we are now sort of armed with the knowledge that Atreus doesn't know his divine origins. Yeah. Um, and that Kratos has sort of been keeping that from him, but, uh, it sort of unlocks, you know, the, the next section where you sort of drop out this little chunk of Midgar that you've been into and you drop into the, the, the big lake. And this is where the mm -hmm. world really sort of just opens up at this point in time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so the, they, uh, she, she gives you uses boat to sail to the Lake of the nine. And, um, that's where you encounter the world serpent, Jormungandr, yeah. where I, I, who is a massive snake, yeah, sea snake sort of thing, uh, and he seems to be like fairly friendly when it comes to Kratos mm -hmm. and Atreus. I mean, he's not. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know if I'd say be like he wants to be like their best friend or anything, but he doesn't seem to mean them any harm. Um, but. Right, because he looks and sounds so menacing, you, you're like on your guard the moment you see him moving. Like this is one of the parts in the game that like kind of freaked me out. Oh, dude! When you first see him moving, it's just like, ugh, it, it gets under your skin. Well, it's okay. So you know what this sort of reminds me of? This part here. So one, we've already talked about like my sort of relationship with water and where mm -hmm. I can't see my feet and how in video games, like the Lake of the Nine is like just a giant sort of th that. Um, and you don't actually ever get into the water. You don't swim. Right. It's always through the boat, which the boat. I appreciate. But, <laughs> yeah. um, oh, especially with something like that in it. <laughs> Jormungandr though reminds me of the, the Leviathan Colossus. Like okay. that sort of that, like this, this swimming. Well, and it's sort of a very similar on multiple levels, but like, it's like, and it's just, it is unsettling, but again, he's yeah. not, he does not seem particularly threatening. And that whole right. scene is super cool. Like I remember yeah. even then sort of being struck by just like this massive head just sort of like pops up out of the water and then like mm -hmm. kind of looks down, you know, it's like, oh, they, ugh. Ugh. 
Like it's, <laughs> it gives me the heebie-jeebies, but yeah, in in a good way. Um, so, but they they also they run into Brock's brother Sindri, um, mm-hmm. at this point in time. Now you sort of like in, you're basically going into the Lake of the Nine just enough to sort of get to this mountain, and. You get to the foot of this mountain, and you, you're starting to make your way up. Um, but there is they they hit this basically a roadblock, um, and there's this black fog that they can't get around, and so they have to have to turn around. And uh, the, so this black fog, just for everybody's whoever's paying attention, it's called the black breath. Um, and Freya shows up and says, um, "Well, you need the light of Alfheim." to 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 get rid of this like to 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 go any further you need the light of alfheim mm-hmm. and um this is where it's sort of uh she unlocks the ability to well one she she points them in the direction of tears tower um to the lake of the nine or well or tears temple or whatever that is and freya teaches kratos how to use the uh the tower to travel to some of the other realms using the Bifrost. So this yeah. is where we were talking about like the, like there's no quote unquote loading screens, but there right. actually is. And this is where a lot of that comes into play because the Bifrost is this giant animation. And as it sort of like loads in all of the new world, it sort of takes, you're basically stuck in this room for mm-hmm. a minute or two and you can walk around as Kratos, but um you it's it's technically a loading screen right and, and it's like it's it's a clever solution and it's it kind of avoids the the more typical loading screens but it's it's a loading screen <laughs> yeah in the end you're not really able to control anything while something goes on functionally it, it's the same thing yeah 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 and and to its credit it makes sense because you're mm-hmm. going to another world which is is very different than your pre you know you know like it has a lot to load (laughs) it's a lot of assets it has a lot of things just from a game perspective that yeah it would make sense that this would be uh a part to to have some sort of a loading screen in because uh from here on out when you step into this new world like it is going to look extremely different than what came before yeah and this and this is sort of something that like this this mechanic or whatever you know sort of hopping on using the bifrost to sort of shift realms um becomes like this is sort of like the big one of the big pivotal mechanics like Mm -hmm. this sort of the the exploring other realms and using those to like upgrade you know and and narrative progress and stuff like this becomes a big deal um And it's like you spend a lot of time in the Bifrost chamber, or well, rather in the at the root of Yggdrasil or whatever, uh-huh. um, using the Bifrost. So, anyways, she shows you how to use this, and you, she's like, but really, the only place you can go is to Alfheim, which is where the light, you know, resides. Or, anyways, that will allow you to power up the Bifrost to sort of go to the other realms or. You know that that will power up your light so that you can dispel the black breath. Well, you also mm-hmm. it powers up the light so that you can go to other realms. But you don't find that out quite yet. 
So they go to Alfheim, and while they're in Alfheim, there's a conflict going on between the Dark Elves and the Light Elves, Mm -hmm. and they sort of get tangled up in the midst of this. This level in particular, Josh, it just... I remember sort of feeling like this particular level, because this is the one where like when you finally get into the temple or whatever, it has like mm-hmm. you can change the the levels and there's all sorts of like weird like shifting sort of, of platforms and mechanics and stuff like that. I yeah. really thought that this level and just sort of dragged a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I just just from a gameplay perspective now i also play as a bit of a completionist so this one just (laughs) like there's a lot of like running back and forth and up and down and sort of repeating things and trying to solve environmental puzzles and and junk like that and uh but you you eventually get to this light and as kratos steps into it um he he has some visions um that i don't think any of them are super revelatory or anything like that. I think some of it is like there's some history stuff that it sort of alludes to. I think he hears his wife's voice and there's all sorts of like, you know, the sort of like the, the step into the light and Mm -hmm. the experience feels like he's only been in there for, you know, a few minutes. And when he pops out and this, this to me was like one of those things where, it was like really kind of like, I don't know. I would say that I was a little shooketh <laughs> you know, with some of the revelations that popped up. But he pops out and Atreus kind of pops out and like starts screaming at him saying like, where were you? Where have mm-hmm. you been? You know, da, 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 da. And like Kratos' response is like, I was, I was gone for like a couple of minutes. And like, and Atreus says like, you've been gone for like a week. Or like you know, or it's like it's a significantly larger amount of time. I don't think right. it's that long, but it's like right. it's like you you were in there for, and there's this, these piles for of these hours, dark elf yeah. corpses, or these light elf, just these bug people corpses everywhere, right? And because even like getting up to that point, they start attacking pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you you knew that they were coming after you you had already fought through a few hordes of them in order to get to where you were going. So like when Kratos leaves and Atreus is there by himself, like that's kind of a, that's a dangerous uh, prospect in and of itself. But then on top of that with Kratos gone and him left to fend for himself that entire time, it's like, Oh wow. No, he, he did a, a really good job, but like you can tell he's tired, he's worn out and he is like, pissed <laughs> yeah well and He's it's upset at his dad it's yeah and but it's it is one of those things though too it just sort of like like these enemies are no slouches and for right. this yeah. boy to just be like you know sort of holding Massive. his own against some of these these hordes it's like man like th- that's an indicator where it's like yeah this this kid's a you know he might be a little bit of a chip off the old block <laughs> right yeah right. you know and um but again he's not he's not really aware like he's sort of operating under the 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 idea that atreus is operating on the idea that he's just a, a mere mortal you know he yeah. doesn't know who his dad is yeah. um but uh they get the light 
they leave Alfheim, they go back to Midgard and they go back to this, this mountain and the, you know, the, the light dispels the black mist and you know, you, you, mm-hmm. you get the MacGuffin and you can progress and you, you go and you progress in the level and you, you get up the mountain and uh towards the top of the mountain you know and it, it interesting sort of like little I, I i actually really appreciated this sort of like set of levels the caves and you know climbing up the mm-hmm. side of the mountain i thought yeah. it was really kind of cool but you get up to the top of the mountain and you hear some voices and you actually hear the stranger talking with several other people and uh you you find out that you hear the stranger talking to somebody, uh, someone named Mimir. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, you know, he's been basically trapped in a tree and he's been tortured, uh, for a while now. But, uh, it, this is where we get the revelation that, uh, the stranger is actually Balder, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Odin's son. And, uh, you, we learn that he is sort of hunting down Kratos and Atreus but we also find out that he's being accompanied by Magni and Mahdi, uh, his two nephews, uh, who also happen to be the sons of Thor. Um, yeah. So there's a little bit of a scene where, you know, Balder sort of like, you know, makes threats and sort of, he's he's just a super charming individual throughout the entirety <laughs> of the game. You can tell if you've seen a picture of him. Oh yeah, he's nicest well, guy. Just nicest, just just an absolute sweetheart. Stand up citizen. Just a total sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Um, but, citizen of Chaz. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if they'd keep Balder around. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so you gotta have some rules. Yeah, they're like, hey, <laughs> just get rid of this clown. Um, <laughs> so they get up there. And uh, finally, Balder and uh, Magni and Modi leave, or Madi, they leave, and mm-hmm. Kratos and Atreus start talking to Mimir, and they find out that the, the tallest peak in the realm isn't actually in Midgar, it's in Jotunheim, um, right. or Jotunheim. But uh, Mimir, of course it would be there. Of course, of course it would be there, because, yeah, oh, you know. Realm of the Giants, the tallest. Realm- uh, tallest mountain. The tallest mountain. Yeah. Yeah. The, duh. Obviously, duh. Um, but Mimir says, well, I can take you there. But uh, what I need you to do is I, I need you to, then to, to get me out of this or whatever. And the solution basically becomes like Kratos chops off Mimir's head. Mm-hmm. And, off with uh, your head. And it's like, oh, well, you know. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to chop off your head and I'm going to take you to uh, the witch or Freya at this point mm-hmm. in time uh, in the hopes that she can reanimate it. So Freya does bring Mimir's head back to life. And uh, and at this point in time in the game, we actually learned that Freya is not uh, one of the Aesir, but rather she's one of the Vanir, which uh, you know, in Norse mythology, the Aesir and the Vanir were at war for a while and then they sort of bought a treaty or, you know, you know, forged a treaty. And, uh, mm-hmm. so it's just an interesting that in here, they portray Freya as uh, a goddess of the Vanir and sort of like, you know, as an attempt to sort of merge the two deific families. But, um, so Freya 
you know, brings Mimir's head back to life. Uh, and Mimir says, okay, you need to go talk to the world serpent at, you know, at the Lake of the Nine to figure out a way to get to Yonheim. Mm-hmm. And while they're there, the serpent reveals that um, they need a rune and a, you know, there's a specific rune that they need and a magic chisel to carve it out. Um, so this magic chisel though, it's a, it's a giant chisel <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's not just like, because like when, when they say giants, like Mimir is technically a giant, but he's not. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mimir is, is technically a giant, um, but he's not huge. And it, it goes on to reveal that the giants of the Jotuns were actually, yes, some of them were very large, but it was just, they were a different sort of like deific race um but so so they get there and there's this basically huge dude like with a giant chisel magic chisel Mm -hmm. um and that's that's the chisel that they need in in the in the process of trying to reclaim this giant or some part of this giant magic chisel uh magni and madi show up and there's a bit of a fight and uh, Kratos and Atreus kill Magni, and Mahdi runs off before they can sort of finish the job. Um, so at that point in time, they acquire their chisel. Uh, then they have to get their rune. Um, and here's sort of, I think, where a bit of a, a natural sort of like point, sort of where the game sort of like, this is a big, I don't know, shift in the game yeah. in, in some ways. Yeah, yeah. So they they have the chisel and then Atreus gets sick. Mm-hmm. And you know, Kratos takes him back to Freya and uh you know in the in the hopes that you know she can heal him, you know, because she's demonstrated some like she healed the boar that you know Atreus shot earlier and yeah. she brought Mimir's head, you know, he's like obviously she can probably like take care of this, but um mm-hmm. And basically Freya and Mimir look at him and say, the reason this kid is, he's dying is because there's some sort of like psychological spiritual snap where he is a God who believes he is mortal. And that's actually causing him damage. Um, the, 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 the fact that he's not sort of actually, you know, embracing his God nature is actually causing him physical damage and it's destroying him. Um, mm. So at this point in time, in order to fix this, Kratos has to go to Helheim. Um, but the problem with that is um, in order to go to Helheim, the Leviathan axe is attuned to ice. And mm-hmm. so, but Helheim is a realm of ice and cold and void and darkness. And so his Leviathan axe won't be effective. So he's going to need a another weapon. And hmm, what could that be? And so, which I mean, like, you know, and, and I think like this is like one of those, like I said, uh, big turning point moments where mm-hmm. something, there's some sort of like, you have to dig up your past. And um, he goes back to his cabin and there was something earlier, it, very, very beginning of the game, where I noticed on sort of like a, a recent playthrough, Atreus is like, 
you know, at one point in time, Kratos is like, get underneath the house, you know, and Atreus is like, but you told me never to go down there. And it's like, Kratos at this point in time is like, just go do it. And, you know, he goes, he sort of picks up this trap door that he had hit Atreus under before. And he starts digging. And lo and behold, the Blades of Chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he, and it's like, he, he's got his chainy spinny dagger things back and which adds a new way to sort of like, you know, it's a, it's a new sort of combat element. Right. Yeah. And so. you can switch between them, but, um, definitely when you're in Helheim, like you have to use them. Yeah. Cause we'll find yeah. Leviathan ask ax. My goodness. Uh, just can't. Yeah. It's not even useful. Yeah. It's, uh, y- you know, so whereas the Leviathan axe is attuned to ice and is good for mm-hmm. those those elements the the blades of chaos are fire oriented like they're they're yeah. they're tuned to the fire uh fire element so I, i'll be honest like i'd like to talk a little bit more here but i'm kind of fading i am too i am too so, i did not realize that i was i just like i've been hitting a wall and this is crazy I don't yeah know you can see how much i'm blinking i'm just like okay stop this yeah no dude i mm-hmm. i feel you like if i hadn't gone gone and gotten that coke i probably <laughs> would have fallen asleep already um so i think there's one more thing that i just want to hit on before like yeah when, yeah, yeah when kratos gets the the blades of chaos mm-hmm at that point in time, he starts having like flashbacks of the goddess Athena and she's sort of taunting him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've, I've, the, the one sort of overview that I've, I've, I, I used to sort of help guide my recollection, sort of narrative, sort yeah. of flow here. Uh, it's, it's the, uh, the God of War story spoilers over at twinfinite.net. Um, okay. But it, it's, a, you know, uh, Athena is sort of like, she she sort of this vision sort of swims up and she she kind of rubs Kratos's face in his past and she's like mm-hmm. you're a monster you know you can't you can't get away from this and you are the god of war kind of stuff and uh and Kratos for the first time i think in, and and this is sort of a turning point i think for Kratos too because instead of running from that which in so many ways i think you know that's what he's been doing He's mm-hmm. like, no, you're right. I am, you mm-hmm. know, th- like th- this is a part of me, and um, I, you know, I need to use this this properly. I need to use this well, and uh, y- you know, at, at that point in time, like he's he's sort of embracing the fact that like, not that he's done horrible things, but it's like that these these things were mm-hmm. done. You know, mm-hmm. like he's he's not rejoicing in that. He's like, no, right, okay, yeah, I yeah, I was a monster, and in a lot of ways, I I still am. But I need to like, you know, it's it's that he's he he's now sort of pursuing these things for, you know, more or less the right reasons. Like he's mm-hmm. like, no, the the this thing is a tool. This anger is a tool. My past, you know, I've learned some of the lessons. I'm not going to run from this. I'm not going to pretend it didn't happen happened but now my son needs me and so like i can step into this and um i mean yeah so i i just feel like and again like there's not 
like the, the the actual story beats to this are pretty it's like bop 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 move through this and it's like you meet some people you have a few adventures somebody gets sick somebody gets hurt you know there's always sort of like these little macguffin things like mamir's head mm-hmm. needs reanimated you have to power up the the bifrost you have to you know but the the narrative hooks and the way that they sort of like spool out some of that information as you sort of go along in the game it's just dude it's 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 pretty top shelf and like i said like the story isn't amazing on its own it's 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 good Mm -hmm. and it's it's more than it's it's more than just merely serviceable but it is kind of like yeah yeah well it really it builds into these characters you spend a lot of time with kratos and atreus and it's something that we can you know you can't exactly get across here on the podcast but when you're traveling from place to place um just their interactions alone again atreus is still wet behind the ears but he's willing to learn he thinks a bit more highly of himself than than he should whereas kratos is like super stern and just like oh you screwed up there you know like maybe maybe too hard to a certain extent yeah oh definitely definitely um but it's because you know it's not said but it's clear that it's because he's afraid like the whole way that kratos uh parents fathers his son is based on fear because he's afraid that his son could end up like even the slightest bit like him. Uh, and, and you see that in, in a couple of other places in the story as well, especially, well, later. Um, but with but getting to the point where Atreus is sick, like, it's because he doesn't, you know, he hasn't been told that he is uh, part God at this point. And because Kratos doesn't want what happened to him. And again, we mentioned this last episode yeah, there's a part in which there's a sense in which Kratos was tricked, you know, but also like he was well, he was dealt a crappy hand, but also he was also just a crappy person. He, he is also like I think the thing is Kratos is also a son of Zeus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. know, and you know he is part of the Greek pantheon. Um, yeah, and I I think too like I did appreciate like when they go into Helheim, how like. Kratos sort of has these visions of Zeus and there's a lot of his backstory and sort of stuff is, is recapped and reexamined and sort of put under the microscope a little bit. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, it's one of those things where if you didn't have prior knowledge of the series, like the, in the journey to, to Helheim to recover that, that Titan heart or whatever for Atreus, like you actually get a bit of a refresher on who, you know kratos is and like how Mm -hmm. he got to this point and um you know it's fun is like you know just like like touches like that because that's also the point where the mirror sort of becomes like way more aware of kratos's history like you know he knows about the ghost of sparta but then he sort of like learns like a lot more in this encounter and as and we even as the players are sort of exposed to this stuff and so it's yeah an interesting sort of mechanic there but uh he 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 gets the heart yeah and he takes it back and atreus is healed and at that point in time kratos does um reveal to atreus who he is he sort of fills him in on his past and uh 
that that's a this is sort of a part where there was a real big swing for me where atreus became kind of pretty intolerable for a okay. while after yeah. this because there yeah. were all these like really endearing moments and yes kratos was oftentimes way too hard on his son mm-hmm. there, like you know there were times where he needed to like be a dad and maybe wrap his boy up in a hug or something like that or just even like put like a reassuring hand on like you know or a good job or anything like there's this moment mm-hmm. that i you know on my i sort like i said i fired up but um atreus lost the knife his mother's knife mm-hmm. and kratos saw it and picked it up and eventually gives it back to atreus but atreus says like i almost lost it and kratos looks at him and says no you did lose it i just happened to find it like and it's like even there that's sort of like that there was like a gruff like there's a harshness to that but yeah yeah you know. yeah exactly because he wants well, yeah, he realizes the danger that they're both in and wants to, like, toughen his son up. Um, but at the same time, yeah, he's not willing to let him know because he doesn't want, at least the, the way that I interpret it is he doesn't want his son to be anything like him. Like, he, he recognizes that with that, if you know the power that you have, like, <laughs> you could go down a very, very bad path. Well, uh, I mean, there's that, and it's just, yeah. I think, like, you know, there is, in a lot of ways, Kratos has been trying to sort of teach his son control, temperance, mm-hmm. discipline. Yeah. And, like, these are things that Kratos did not have an abundance of. Right. You know, or, and not, not even did not, but does not have an abundance <laughs> of. But, yeah, it's, it's just like, you know, in, in an effort to sort of, I think, like, it's an interesting sort of theme, like, in an effort to protect his son, he's actually causing him more damage. Right. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think like this is sort of a good place to maybe just sort of cut this one off. Um, and then we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll pick this back up and uh, next week or well, next episode. But yeah, uh, it's the, the game sort of, and, and, and to be honest, I feel like the back half of the game does sort of pick up some momentum. Um Yes, right. right, because because this this half has been establishing characters. At least for me, you know, you you see their relationship and of course the whole game is about their relationship. But um th- this one is definitely the first half is kind of like not too much happens outside of like I said kind of that fake out point there. Um but you're really kind of getting grounded in the world, in the characters, in what's going on. So that in the second half, you can see, oh, now there's this, you know, wild card that was played and how they react to everything um, and find kind of an understanding. But then it it even goes farther, which we'll talk about on the next episode, because there's there's a parallel to uh, Atreus and Kratos's relationship that is what was the most interesting to me when I played through it. Um, because yeah, there are lots of times through the first half of the game where I was frustrated with Kratos because I'm just like, dude, just like talk to your freaking son. Like mm-hmm. say so like, yeah. <laughs> like he is trying really hard to be a part, like to get in your head and you're like not even letting him in, you know, like I understand different people show love different ways, but like when he is trying so hard 
to try and understand you and you're like not even throwing him a bone. I was just like, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, but there there are other moments though, especially like when they're like paddling the boat around the lake and stuff where mm-hmm. like, like Kratos will tell a story and sometimes yeah. they're, not, they're not all like, just like, yeah, this one time, you know, me and my boys went to an island and they all died. I mean, sometimes that is basically like sort of like the equivalent of the story. It is a little grim, but there are also moments where it's like, and sort of pushing the boat around. You can see Kratos is trying. He's just not good at it. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah. yeah so let's uh let's let's just uh like I said, we'll we'll sort of cut this one off here. We'll pick it back up here in another fortnight. But we have plugs and things and stuff to tell people to check out and listen to. Definitely. If you feel like we're ignoring you, just like Kratos was ignoring his son. We'll try and reach out again, and we'll see if we can get back with you in a timely manner. There are tons of ways you can reach out, like our email address, which is thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com. We've got a Discord server. We've got a Facebook group, the hashtag Backlog Book Club. And then we also are on Twitter at BBDownCast. And then if you want to reach out to us personally, like you really are our long-lost son, not really, um, I generally on the internet go by Broccolope, uh, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Yeah, man. Uh, if you like what we do, we would encourage you to show some support and there's tons of ways you can do that. You know, just sharing with your friends, telling other people about the podcast, uh, is, is the best way, the most fun way. Uh, but then, you know, if you want to support us financially, we do also have a Patreon where you can get uncut episodes, our bro hangs, where we talk about whatever we want, uh, mm-hmm. including the state of the video game industry or alcohol or any number of different Sometimes things. Sometimes the things we eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah all, all, all sorts kinds of, things. of fun times. And you can get video versions of the podcast if for whatever reason you want to see us. Uh, as we're about to fall asleep while we record the podcast. Yes. But uh, <laughs> yes. all that's available it, on Patreon. Especially that last part. <laughs> uh, with with no, we don't have any tiers or anything like that. So if you want to, or if you just think of it like a tip jar, if you enjoy us, yeah. you, you yeah. can throw a tip in there if you want to. Uh, but we do appreciate you listening. And if you like what we do, we are also a part of the Play Well Network. Uh, and we've got some friends that also have some podcasts in there, which are a lot of fun. So you should check out those podcasts as well. Well, Josh, I think we have, we have, we are fading mm-hmm. fast. Yeah. And uh, we're, we are two tired old men. And we, <laughs> we were trying to get to the, the top of the tallest mountain in all the realms and we thought we did, but we're actually only halfway there. We had to take a break and come to come to grips with, rather than our immortality, we had to come to grips with just our finitude and our mortality. <laughs> uh, our, our 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 very the our our limited nature is inherent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true, especially but, when we drink whiskey. Oh yes, dude. Next episode, <laughs> no whiskey, no whiskey. Um, but we have, we, you know, more or less, we, we, we have sort of done what we came here to do. And, you know, in the meantime, Josh, what should they do? You guys keep beating down your backlogs and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Now, final word goes to Wesley. My wallet may forgive me, but my wife's ultra muscles won't. <laughs>